Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Now, today, I feel like teaching instead of preaching, so I want to teach on a subject that I think is going to hopefully help us kick the new year off right. Let's go to the Word of God today, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. And I want to say thank you to everybody that came to church today. I know there's a lot of people that have the sick bugs right now, but thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thanks for watching online. How many of you are glad that we're still having church? Amen. There's a lot of churches that are closed down, amen. I can tell you, Life Church is going to have church, amen. If I got to be here with a bullhorn and just preach to the 12 disciples, we're going to have church on Sunday, amen. <laughs> to God be the glory, amen. Isaiah 43 and verse 19 says, For I am about to do something new, amen. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I want to teach on this subject today, a fresh start. A fresh start. How many of you are ready to get a fresh start in this new year? Amen, I know I am. Now you might say, well, why is this such a good time to start new things? Well, there's a full year of possibility and opportunity in front of us. 12 months 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, and if you really want to know, 31,536,000 seconds. What are you going to do with all that time, right? CBS News just did a poll last week about New Year's resolutions, and it said 67% of those polled said they would not make any resolutions this year. Only 29% said that they would. And the reason that number jumped out to me was because last year in the same poll, 43% of the people said that they would. Now, you know what that tells me? People are allowing life and circumstances to kind of squeeze out their hope and squeeze out their faith. We're not going to let the devil do that to us, amen? We cannot cave in to that culture of fear that is trying to stop us from moving forward. Now, you may not be a resolution person. That's okay. Call it what you want, goals, affirmation statements, whatever. But of those who said they would make resolutions, here are the top five. Anybody want to take a wild guess at what number one was? Lose weight. Lose weight. Amen. We all know that one, right? Lose weight. That was all. It's always one of my goals. It's perennially at the top of my list to lose weight. Amen, I'm happy to tell you I made a little progress last year. I looked on my calendar. This time last year I weighed 217 pounds, and I started this year at 207. So God be the glory, 10 pounds in a year, I'll take it. My goal is to get under 200 and stay there. I might be two months in a casket before that happens, but I'm, my goal is to get under there and stay there. So that's number one. Number two was to improve finances. The third resolution was to enjoy life more. Now, that's kind of vague, but it sounds nice, right? 
I'm just going to enjoy life more. The fourth resolution, most popular, was spend more time with the people that you care about. And then the fifth one was to quit a bad habit. Now, how many people would not like to lose weight, do better with your money, enjoy life more, spend more time with the people you care about, and quit a bad habit? I'm, I'm signing up for all five. <laughs> now, how many of you here this morning, though, whether you're a resolution person or not, you would like to have a fresh start in your life this new year? Amen? I know I would, because a lot of us have made mistakes in our lives as Christians. We've experienced setbacks. We've experienced failures. Sometimes we allow these mistakes or these things, fallbacks, to enslave us to the point where we never really enjoy the full life that God has given us to enjoy. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. He said, I've come to give you life more abundantly. Then he goes on to tell us that there's an adversary called the devil that seeks to kill and steal and destroy our lives. And the devil will remind us of your past in order to hinder your future. Amen? And in order to keep you from enjoying the good life that God has given us to live. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil does not want you to have a fresh start in life. But God wants to give you a new beginning, a new something new in your life. Now, last year, for example, some of you might have said, well, I'm going to grow in my relationship with God, or I'm going to pray more, or I'm going to read my Bible more, or I'm going to get more involved in the church. I'm going to spend more quality time with my family. And the list could go on and on. Some of you might have did really good at some of those goals or desires. Others, maybe you missed the mark somewhere. But here's the good news. Today is a brand new day. Amen. This is a brand new opportunity to move forward the way God wants you to move forward. Now, in the context of the verses that we read about the nation of Israel, they were being punished for their sins and for the rebellion against God. And, but God comes along and he wants to give them hope. He wants to give them encouragement. He wanted them to know that even though they were being punished, they were not being forsaken. So God comes along and he lets them know, hey, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something brand new. And Israel, really, all they had to do was stop and remember some of the great things that God had already done for them, right? All of the wonderful victories, the, the past victories. They could remember being trapped by the Red Sea and how they had nowhere to go, and God made a way for them. They could remember that when the enemy was about to overtake them, how he provided protection for them. They could remember all the former things, but they were having a hard time seeing their future. That's why God said, I want to do something new. And maybe that is some of you here this morning, or maybe some of you who are watching online here today, or even later in the week. God wants to do something new. It is not over. You made it through 2021. You're still here, amen. You're still serving the Lord, amen. You made it to church today, or you're watching online you might feel like, man, I've made too many mistakes. I've failed so many times along the way. What's the use? Well, the good news is God is here to tell you today, it is not over. I have plans for your life, and I'm about to do something new and give you a fresh start. I think somebody ought to give God a praise for that right now. Amen? I want that in my life. So this morning, I want to share with you a little formula for starting over 
for starting fresh. And I want to use the letters from the word start. And it's not original with me. I loved it when I saw this. I read this. And I wanted to share it with you today in a Bible study. Now, you might have had a financial failure. You might have had a relationship failure. You might have had a situation in your life. Maybe you didn't have any of those things. And you just feel stuck. Or maybe you just feel like, you know what, I'm ready to get unstuck. I'm ready to start growing. I'm ready to reach my potential. Well, regardless of whatever it is, here today, January 2nd, 2022, you can make a fresh start. So are you ready? Let's go. Here's the first letter in the letter start. S, stop making excuses. Amen. If you really want a fresh start, you got to stop making excuses in your life. Now, I don't want to be sound mean or ugly, but you know what? We got too many people blaming everybody else for what's going on in their life. Can the church say amen? You got to stop seeing yourself as a victim of circumstances. Other people can hurt you. Other people can harm you. Other people can scar you. But hear me, there's only one person that can ruin your life, and that's you. Amen. There's only one person that can ruin your life. Why? Because we have a choice. And that is we can choose how we respond to the circumstances that we are faced with in life. See, the Bible says that the starting point is we got to be honest and accept responsibility for our part and our role in the problems that we face in life. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. I want you to notice in that verse, confessing is the opposite of covering. The one who confesses gets a fresh start. The starting point to starting over is to be honest and to face up to our problems and the reality that most of the problems in my life, most of the failures in my life, are my fault. The man in the mirror, right? We've got to stop making excuses. I hear people say it all the time. Well, I can't move on because of such and such. We got to stop making those excuses. If you want to make a fresh start, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give. Nope. Stop making those excuses. I don't have time to be in ministry or to serve in my community. Stop making excuses. People say, well, I'm at a stage of life where I have to pull back. No, you don't. Stop making those excuses. (coughs) Excuse me. Do you want a fresh start? We got to get rid of those excuses. See, people don't like to admit, well, I made a mistake or I blew it. But God says if we can admit it, if we can admit our failures and our shortcomings, then we can get another chance in life. You know what stands in the way of that kind of brutal honesty? It's pride, right? It's our ego. Somebody once said this, ego stands for edging God out, E-G-O. When a person thinks that they know more than God, they push him out of their life, they get on some ego trip, and that is a trip that always leads to a dead end. The Bible says pride always leads to destruction. An arrogant attitude always leads to a fall. When I think I know it all and I can figure it all out, I am setting myself up for failure. Has anybody ever heard the saying, the person that gets too big for their britches will eventually be exposed in the end? (laughs) It's the truth. Because pride will hold you back. You know what else will hold you back? The fear of failure. 
Now notice, I didn't say failure. I'll talk about failure in a minute. Failure can actually help propel you forward if you learn. But the fear of failure, Proverbs 24 and 10 says this from the message. I love this. It hurts to hear it, but it says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. That's the word. It hurts, doesn't it? If at first you don't succeed, welcome to the human race. If at first you don't succeed, guess what? You're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Very few people make it on the first try. Oftentimes, people give up when success is right around the corner. Amen? You are never a failure until you give up or if you give up too soon. Let me tell you the real secret of success. Real success, and every entrepreneur knows this, is built on failures. It's built on our failures. Failure is the way you become a success. You figure out what doesn't work. You learn from your mistakes. Call it an education, if you will. Learning from our past, amen. Some people, though, never get a fresh start because they are paralyzed by the fear of their past failures repeating themselves. But the Bible says we got to stop making excuses, admit when things are our own fault, and get on with life. Now, I'm just trying to challenge you today because if you want to make a fresh start, it begins with being honest with yourself, right? So the S in fresh start means stop making excuses. Here's the next one, letter T. Are you ready? Take inventory of your life. Take inventory. That means I need to evaluate all of my experiences. I need to look at what I have left after a success or after a failure. Take inventory of your life experiences and learn from them. And the Bible talks about this too. Look at Galatians 3 and 4. It says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? The, Bible, the implication is all these things that you have experienced in life, it's not for nothing. It's not in vain. There are good experiences, painful experiences, life experiences that we can learn from and grow from. Really, there's four kinds of experiences that I want to share with you that God uses to help shape our lives. Number one, he uses personal experiences. The family that you grew up in. The people that you relate to. God can use your personal life experiences your, your experiences with your spouse, your siblings. He uses personal experiences to shape you. <coughs> Excuse me. He uses vocational and educational experiences to shape you. Stuff you go through at school or on the job. He uses spiritual experiences to shape you. Like coming to church, going on a retreat, having a powerful moment with the Lord, reading your Bible, having a regular time of prayer, a quiet time with God. He uses these things to shape us. He also uses painful experiences to shape you. Can everybody that's had pain in their life say amen? See, it doesn't, it's not wasted unless we don't learn from it. Here's a, some questions you can ask, your, ask yourself when you're taking inventory. You ready? Here's the first one. What have I learned? When you're taking inventory of your life, what have I learned? What did you learn about yourself this last year? I know some people that are 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, but they do not have 40, 50, 60 years of life experience. You know what they have? The same five years over and over and over again. 
What am I talking about? I'm talking about people that experience life and they just get caught in this crazy trap and they never learn anything, right? What have you learned from your past experiences? Because if you don't sit down and think it through, you're just going to end up repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. How many of you don't want to live on the crazy cycle, amen? So you ask yourself, what have I learned? Number two, what are my assets? What have I got going for me? That's a good question to ask, amen? Have I got my health? Thank God if you've got your health. Have I got my freedom, amen? We've still got our freedom, right? Am I mentally sound? Have I got some good friends? Have I got the Lord? Do I have a good church family? Have I got some gifts or some skills that God has given me? What do I have as an asset in my life that can help me get a fresh start with life? So take some inventory of what you have, not just what you don't have. We're so good at that, right? We can rattle off all the stuff we want that we don't have, but stop and analyze the gifts that you have in your life. Then the third question we need to ask ourselves, and again, don't let the ego stand in the way. Here's the third one. Who can help me? Who can help me? You and I need somebody else to walk along with us. We all know that the Lord's going to be there, but sometimes if you're making a fresh start, you also need some other folks in your life. That's why life groups are so important. That's why ministry teams are so important. We all need friends or accountability partners or a support group or someone in our life to help us on the journey. Amen? What does the Bible say about two or three together? Right. We're a strong cord. Amen? We're not easily broken when we're knit together. Find somebody that can help you. So first of all, S, stop making excuses. T, take inventory. And then number three, A, act in faith. Everybody say faith. Come on, we need a baptism of faith in the body of Christ. Amen. You need to launch out into new territory. I want to challenge somebody today. Don't just keep reliving the same five years over and over and over again. This, we got too many Groundhog Day for Jesus believers. You wake up and every day is Groundhog Day. And you might know that movie, amen, if you don't. And they wake up and he relives the same day over every year. No, no, I don't want to live my life that way. I want to learn and move on. And some of it means acting in faith. If you want to change your circumstances, sometimes you got to act boldly and speak boldly in faith. If you want to change your personality, it takes faith. If you want to change anything in your life, it's got to be done with faith. Jesus said in Matthew 9, according to your faith, let it be to you. Amen. See, that's a very simple statement, but it's very powerful. According to your faith, it will be done to you. That means we tend to get out of life what we expect. According to your faith, it will be done to you. What are you expecting, by the way, in life? Can I just ask that very simple question? What are you expecting in 2022? Do you expect things to get better, or do you think... Expect things to get worse. I don't know about you. I expect things to get better, amen? You know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting signs and wonders and miracles in this church in 2022. 
I'm going to preach about it next Sunday, amen. I'm expecting God to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm expecting God to send a revival like we've never seen before. Come on, I need a little help in this house, amen. Some of you, what are you expecting this next year? Some of you need to expect new jobs. You need to expect God to save your children. You need to expect God to heal your marriage. You need to expect God to touch your body. And if you can expect something great, why don't you give God a praise right now? Come on. Some of you don't see it because you don't expect it. What do you expect? It's called faith. The faith I'm talking about is not just some dead, I kind of hope so faith. It's an affirmative, proactive faith that takes positive action coupled with the help of God to change our lives. Let's look at Scripture, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. I want to show you a man who was expecting something. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, 3 in the afternoon. <clears throat> there was a man who was lame from birth, and he was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. Why? Here it is. Expecting to get something from them. Every day, he went to the temple. And you want to know why he went every day? Because he expected to get something. And every day, he got something. He looked at, or he wouldn't have kept going. Hello, this is, a, this is an IQ test, right? You don't keep going if it doesn't work. But every day he went to the temple expecting and he would ask people for money. And because of his condition, he got something. And when he looked at Peter and John, he looked at them and he expected to get something. I want to ask somebody here today, what do you expect when you come to the temple? Come on, what are you expecting every time you come to the house of God? What are you expecting every time you kneel down in prayer? What are you expecting every time you speak faith and call on the name of the Lord? Amen. You need to start expecting stuff to happen so you can see stuff happen. I wish somebody get some faith right now for 2022 in your life. Don't determine that this year is just going to be another year. Don't determine I'm just going to limp along until Jesus comes. Amen. I want to see great things happen. People say, well, man, poor me. I'm, life is, I'm a victim. Life is unfair. Of course life is unfair. Whoever told you that life was going to be fair? God never said that. We live in a world full of sin. And because of that, life is unfair. But you got to go on with life anyway. we got to stop rehearsing the past and regretting the past and reliving the past. See, the more time that we spend thinking, I wish that hadn't happened. I wish I could change that. If I could only go back, if I could reverse the clock, if I could redo history, you're only making yourself miserable right now. You're setting yourself up, again, for the same thing, that same five years of experience. I'm just pulling that number out of the sky, but you know what I'm talking about. Because whatever you focus on, you tend to reproduce in your life. According to your, what? Faith, it will be done unto you. See, what we need to do is learn from the past and then act in faith for the future and look to God for guidance. Amen. See, faith is not the absence of fear. 
Sometimes faith is moving ahead in spite of your fear, right? Sometimes faith is doing the very thing that you fear the most. Proverbs 29, 25 says this about fear. It says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Amen. The Living Bible said it this way, fear is a dangerous trap, but to trust God means safety. Everybody say active faith. Active. I'm going to challenge somebody right now. Hear me. Hear me well. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You need to change the way you talk. You need to change the way you think, and you're going to see your life change. Start speaking in faith. A fresh start begins by S, stop making excuses. T, take inventory. A, active faith. And R, refocus my thoughts. Now, I'm going to just tell you right now, a transparent moment. This is me. This is the one I got to work on. I need to refocus my thoughts if I want to change my Because here it is. I already know what I need to do. But sometimes I get distracted <laughs> and I need to refocus. I already know this is where I'm supposed to be. But sometimes stuff happens and you know what we do? We start wandering. We get an attitude. Somebody ticks us off. Somebody offends us. The next thing you know, we're over here trying to put out fires. Or life throws us a curveball. And then we're over here and we're all distracted from our purpose. And then we're getting all bent out of shape. Something happens on the job. Something happens at home. Something happens at school. And next thing you know, you're just totally out there, totally distracted, totally out of the will of God. Refocus. Proverbs 4, 23. I love these verses. Look what it says. <clears throat> Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Look at verse 24. Put away perversity from your mouth. By the way, I don't believe that's just talking about foul language. Put away the negative talk. Put away the down talk. Come on. Put away that stuff. Amen. Stop speaking death. Start speaking life. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Man, I love those verses. Refocus. Guard your heart. Look straight ahead. Fix your gaze. Level paths for your feet. Ways that are firm. No swerving to the left or the right. See, the way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way you act. Amen? And the way you act produces the results that you're living right now in your life. So if you change the way you think, you will inevitably change the way you act. If you're depressed, discouraged, distressed, might it be, just let me throw this out here, might it be because you are continually thinking depressed, discouraged, and distressing thoughts? Come on, somebody think about that for me. If you're acting in fearful, worried ways, is it because you're always thinking fearful, worried thoughts? Talking about refocusing, amen. Romans 12 and 2 says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
Come on, there it is again. Sometimes I already know what I got to do. I just got to refocus my thoughts to start over and get a fresh start. Sometimes it means I got to get away from the noise and the clutter. I got to tune out the distractions and just talk to God and refocus. <coughs> Excuse me. Which memories are you still rehearsing that keep you from having a fresh start in your life? The Bible says let go of those things. Because the more you hold on to that thing, the more you rehearse it, it continues to hold you back today. you got to change your mind and let it go. People say, well, how do you do that? It's real. It's not simple, but, but here it is. Not by just resisting it, by replacing it. Here's what I mean. Not by saying, I'm not going to think about it, I'm not going to think about it, I'm not going to think about it, because guess what you're doing? You're thinking about it. <laughs> you're thinking about what you're not going to think about, Right? You got to stop focusing on what you don't want and start focusing on what you do want. Refocus and replace those thoughts. Put on the mind of Christ. Don't just resist it. Replace it with something new. Refocus. Psalm 1 says, happy are those who are always meditating on God's word. They're like trees along a river that do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. Have you ever noticed the Bible doesn't say that you're going to be blessed just if you read this book? It says if you meditate on his words. In other words, you're constantly refreshing your mind. You're refocusing your mind. You're, you're considering the implications of God's word for your life. And it will begin to change us. We stop seeing ourselves as other people see us. And when we refocus, we see ourselves as God sees us. Here's the last thing I want to mention if you want to make a fresh start this year. T, trust God. Trust God to help us. I preached about this last week. If you were not here, go online and look up the message about Christmas choices. You got to walk in the light that you're given, amen? You got to trust God even when things get tough. Depend on Him. We don't need to just depend on ourselves, amen? We've already proven we can't do it on our own, right? Trust God in what? In whatever area you need to trust Him in. Maybe you need to trust Him about tithing and finances this year. Maybe you've never made that commitment. Trust God with your finances and watch Him bless you. Maybe you need to trust God with your health, amen, and, and not give into the culture of fear that is constantly trying to envelop us. Trust God that He is a. Maybe you need to trust God with your job. Work hard, be on time, and let God bless you with His favor. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him or acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Trust Him. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust is always best demonstrated by obedience. Amen? by obedience to God's Word. And in this new year of 2022, instead of fretting over everything, why don't we just trust God? Why don't we walk in obedience? Why don't we learn to trust Him like never before? Begin with obedience, and then you can walk confidently in the posture of trusting God. And by the way, the best fresh start you can make if, if you're not a Christian is to give your life to Jesus Christ. Can every believer say amen to that? The greatest thing you can do to change your year, to change your life, 
is to become a believer. The Bible says we do that by being born again, amen? You are not just a repaired version of yourself. You're not just a patched up version. The Bible says that you become a brand new creature, a brand new person, a new life has begun. So if that's you today, I encourage you to invite the Lord into your life. Confess Him as your Savior. Repent of your sins and allow God to redirect your path. But to everybody else in this room that's a believer, we're getting ready to play a song on the, on the worship set. And I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to step out from where you are. And here's what I want us to do. When you step out, you're coming out and you're saying, God, I'm committing to accepting and believing you for a fresh start in my life this year. Come on, some of you, if you want God to turn it around, you take a step of faith and say, God, I believe you that you're going to give me a victory in my life this year. Amen. I believe that I'm going to be victorious in my life this year. Go ahead and start playing the song. I'm going to invite this you to come to this altar. And how many of you want a fresh start in your life this year? How many of you want to see a victory in your life this year? Amen. Why don't you lift your hands all over this house. Let's begin to call on the Lord and let's ask Him to have His way today. God, I believe you. I want more of you, Father. Come on, that's it. God, I'm ready for a fresh start. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Come on, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. That's right. My God will never fail. Hallelujah. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. Take 
somebody in this house today. Amen. God's going to turn it around. You walk by faith, walk in obedience to his word, and give God the opportunity to shine in your life, and he will do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you turn around and somebody give him a high five, say, I'm ready for a fresh start. Come on, give him an enthusiastic high five. I'm ready for a fresh start. Amen. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you Wednesday night at First Wednesday Prayer. Have a great week in Jesus' name. If we don't see you Wednesday, we'll see you next Sunday. Amen.